Hello, and welcome to Uncharted Territory Season 2. Before we start, we want to extend a heartfelt thank you to our dear listeners. By showing up and listening to this podcast, you're supporting us in our journey and we'll be eternally grateful for that. Now, if you want to help even more and get a great reward for it, you can subscribe to our premium feed and listen to the next five episodes in advance. Plus, you'll be receiving new episodes one week earlier. Either way, thank you for being a part of our story. And now, let's get into the episode. This is episode one of season two. A new day, challenges, companions, and unexpected pleasures. It was a new day, and all things considered, it was going good. Sure, I was somehow transported to a world based on my favorite video game. I had to fight for survival, and it was possible I might die to something stupid at pretty much any moment. But was that really any different from living a normal life on Earth? Well, probably. Earth didn't have zombies, and the only boss fight was capitalism, as far as I knew. But that didn't matter. What mattered was that, while I might have been in all sorts of danger... I also had an overpowered pet mimic, and two beautiful women who were willing to do all sorts of lewd things with me. And that wasn't even the best part of said beautiful women. The best part? They liked me. And they supported me. Now that was some good stuff that simply being lewd couldn't ever compete with. Though the whole being lewd thing was pretty nice as well. But back to the point. It was a new day. The sun was rising outside. The monsters of the night were in retreat beyond the walls, and Mimic let out a gurgled yawn to mark the beginning of the day. As for me, I was sitting outside on a chair that I placed just past the door. It was nice to sit outside and enjoy the morning weather, while Guide and Ninja cuddled for longer on the bed. I was happy to let them sleep in, and I wished I could have joined them. But my mind was too active for sleeping any more than I already did. There was too much to think about. Too much to consider and plan. It wasn't like Earth, where I could just keep on putting off thinking about my future until the next day, and the day after that, especially with all the unknown elements at play. But, while I might not have known about what unknown dangers there were out there, I did know about the next upcoming danger that was a scripted part of the original game, and that was the next official boss, the Zombie Goliath. Since a modded difficulty option was supposedly enabled, the first boss spawned in three days instead of seven. Then the slime event was mostly random chance. The next boss scripted to show up after a certain amount of time would be forced to spawn 14 days after the first boss's defeat. So, if the first boss was defeated after 7 days upon its spawn being forced, then the next boss would be forced to spawn on the 21st day at the earliest. But, the modded difficulty sped that time frame up. It changed the timer from 14 days to 7 days. That gave me a week in total to prepare for the next fight, and a couple of days already passed since I defeated the first boss, so it was more like I had five days remaining. Then, once that second boss was defeated, there weren't going to be any more forced boss spawns for as long as we remained in the forest biome. 
The other bosses were all dependent on digging underground, exploring other biomes, or reaching sky islands. That meant I could take my time. Or so I would have liked to think. Instead, the forced timers would keep on counting down for those other bosses, even if I wasn't in the right zones for them. They just wouldn't spawn if I wasn't there. However, if a boss reached its forced spawning time while I was outside of its spawning conditions, then it would be forced to spawn at the earliest possible chance. So, the moment I stepped into a biome with a boss who reached its forced spawn limit, it would spawn immediately and give me zero time to prepare or look around. For obvious reasons, that was problematic. The smartest thing to do would be to get ahead of the timers instead of waiting for every boss's forced spawn. That way, I could make sure that I fought them where I wanted to, when I wanted to, while being fully prepared and ready to fight, both mentally and physically. Only being passive and reactive would probably get me screwed sooner or later. So... The next boss might have had five more days before its forced spawn, but I gave myself a personal time to defeat it by. Three days. Even three days was overkill when I thought about everything that I needed to prepare beforehand. The only real difficulty was acquiring the rare item dropped from zombies used to create the summoning item for the boss, and that was the Z-Tracking Implant item. As far as the game's lore went, zombies were created as part of a fucked-up lab experiment. Some of them were giving tracking implants. By acquiring one of these tracking implants, it could be reverse-engineered to create a signal that drew a horde of zombies to its location, and the second boss of the game, the zombie Goliath, spawned after surviving the zombie horde. The zombie horde was actually another event of sorts, similar to the slime storm. Zombie apocalypse was its official name. It worked just like the slime storm, but with zombies instead of slimes, and the zombies climbed out of the ground instead of coming from the sky. Raining zombies would probably result in a lot of blood and gore everywhere, considering that I didn't think their bodies would survive the impact. But... That might be funny to see, in a really morbid way. But that wasn't going to happen. As for the boss, the zombie Goliath, it was actually a pretty easy boss. Just a giant zombie that looked like it was pumped full of steroids who would run around smashing things up. It was mechanically similar to the first boss, as far as attacks went. There might have been some modded difficulty mechanics that I was forgetting about, since the boss wasn't really memorable even when modded to be difficult. But I would try to remember them if I could. Even so, I was confident in my ability to defeat the boss. Honestly, if I risked it, I was almost confident I could defeat the boss even before upgrading my gear any further. But better safe than sorry. At the very least, I wanted to give myself a reliable method of attacking from the distance that was better than simply shooting a bow and arrow. My flamethrower was pretty useful, but only good at short range. But considering I was technically still in the early game, there weren't exactly many options available to me. 
Everything more or less required me to go mining some more. If I wanted more health, to unlock magic, to find more gear, or to gather resources to create more of my own items, basically everything that I could do to progress required exploring the underground. So, that was the plan for the time being. Or rather, it was part two of the plan. The first part of the plan was trying out defeating the bosses again. That boss altar building I got said that it would let me summon bosses I already defeated. In the original game, bosses had to be summoned over and over again via the normal methods to farm them. The boss altar didn't exist. So, I wanted to find out how that worked. Not only did I want to find out how it worked, but I wanted to find out if the bosses I summoned, mainly the Watcher, would feel so... alive again. The first time I fought the Watcher, I learned that it didn't even want to fight me. It looked like it was in pain and forced to be so aggressive. Upon killing it, though, I acquired its soul, and the soul said it was a unique item, meaning it couldn't be acquired again. That gave me some hope that if I wanted to farm the boss for more loot, that I wouldn't be killing a sentient creature with a soul over and over again. Lord Player? Ninja asked, her voice drawing me out of my thoughts. She was standing right in front of where I was sitting, partially bent over, with her face in front of my own. We'll be back with more from Uncharted Territory right after this message. What if you could share your story with the world? What if you could inspire others with your passion, your message, or your vision? What if you had a team to help you craft the perfect story for your business or brand? Well, you can. And we at With Aim are here to make it happen. With Aim is more than just a podcast production company. We are your storytellers, your voice, and your partner in creating a podcast that will captivate your audience, showcase your brand's personality, and build a lasting relationship with your customers. So don't let your story go untold. Start your podcast today. Visit with aim.co slash podcast to learn more. That's with aim.co forward slash podcast. With aim, be the voice of your brand. I couldn't resist saying what I said once I looked at the top of her head. Your ears look too adorable. And good morning. Ninja, with a hint of red on her cheeks, raised her hands up to cover the canid ears atop her head. Please... Please do not tease me, Lord Player. I'm not teasing you. They really are adorable. They make me want to pet and stroke them. But my ears are sensitive. You realize that just makes me want to do it even more, right? How... how is this not teasing? That was when Guide appeared behind Ninja and grabbed onto her wrists, pulling her hands away from her head and holding them behind her back. I've got her, Player. Guide said to me. The rest is up to you. The two of them suddenly seemed pretty full of energy, despite only recently waking up. So I flashed Guide a thumbs up and said, Thanks for the assist. Then, with a flustered and restrained ninja in front of me, I reached forward to gently grab each of her fluffy ears. Ninja let out a very feminine, surprised noise upon having her ears touched. Yeah, my, my lord, please, there. 
I stroked my fingers along her ears, running up to their tips before going back down toward their base. In a much more dog-like way than I could have imagined, Ninja began tapping her right foot against the grass below. That gave me an idea. Instead of teasing her ears some more, I scratched her head right next to the base of her ears. Ninja gritted her teeth and began thumping her leg against the ground with much more intensity. Looks like you've discovered a secret weakness, Guide said, her voice reminding me of just how mischievous she could be. I'm definitely going to take advantage of it. I stopped scratching Ninja for a moment to give her a chance to respond, and she was quick to take that chance. Please, I I cannot control myself when you tease me in such a manner. It feels so pleasurable that my body acts of its own will. I... I started scratching her again. Or rather, I used one hand to scratch her while my other hand rubbed one of her ears. Ninja dropped to her knees, panting as her leg continued to shake against the ground. She might have been 95% human and only 5% dog with the 5% dog part coming from her ears and tail, which had been rapidly wagging the whole time. But it seemed like her body had some of a dog's weaknesses built into it as well. But just how many of a dog's weaknesses did she have? I pulled my hands away from Ninja, causing her to look up at me with half-lidded eyes and a panting breath, before moving one of my hands underneath her chin to scratch its underside. Ninja immediately smiled and rubbed her chin down against my hand. Her tail was still wagging, but not as rapidly as before. So, she was even weak to that, despite there being nothing dog-like anywhere near that part of her head. However, as soon as I stopped scratching under her chin, Ninja realized just how content of a face she must have been making and shook her head to return to normal. Guide, I said. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Well, Guide replied. If the rest of her is weak like a dog would be, then it makes sense that she would also share a dog's ultimate weakness. Me and Guide looked at each other and nodded. Wait. Ninja spoke up. You, what are you, what do you think you're doing? I held a hand in front of Ninja's face and then slowly moved it down toward a lower part of her body. Everybody knew that the ultimate weakness of a dog was the belly. I pressed my hand against her belly and gave it a gentle rub. If one were to go by the expression on Ninja's face, then she had zero reaction whatsoever as a result of her belly being rubbed. But if one went by the wagging of her tail... Guide had to lean back to avoid being repeatedly whacked in the face by the fastest wagging that Ninja's tail ever wagged. You're putting up a good attempt at hiding how good it feels, but your tail betrays you, I told Ninja. Ninja, sucking her lips in to prevent any noise from escaping, looked me straight in the eyes and shook her head from side to side. Just give in. Embrace it. She shook her head even faster, so I started rubbing her belly even harder, and then I said, A good girl wouldn't hide how she... 
I didn't even get to finish my sentence before Ninja let out a moan and thumped her leg against the ground. Her whole body practically spasming just from having her belly rubbed. Then there was all the moaning. I thought it would simply feel good in the same way that a massage felt good. But I had a feeling that whatever pleasure she felt was pretty sexual, going by the fact that she was shaking, moaning, and even starting to drool a little. And it didn't stop there. Guide, not wanting to only restrain Ninja's hands anymore, let go so that she could pet and rub Ninja's ears instead. The proud, noble, serious Ninja was reduced to a leg-thumping, tail-wagging, moaning, and twitching mess, all just from having her belly and ears rubbed. Needless to say, me and Guide continued playing with her for a while. About thirty minutes later, me and Guide were finally satisfied with our work. Ninja was taken back to the bedroom and laid out on her back, with her top undone enough for her bare abdomen to be exposed, and she was all flustered, sweaty, and panting from the world of pleasure we introduced her to. Me and Guide gave each other a nod and thumbs up as a show of respect for each other's contribution. But then I remembered something. Wait, I think Ninja was trying to get my attention for something, and then I just spent the last thirty minutes assaulting her belly instead of finding out what she wanted. Sounds like a winning outcome for her, Guide replied. Besides, all she was going to ask was what you were thinking about. We noticed you had that look on your face that you only get when you're lost in your thoughts. She didn't want to disturb you, but I could tell she was curious, so I made her get your attention. Then is it really a winning outcome if she never got to find out what I was thinking about? Well, maybe this is just my opinion, but if I wanted to ask a random question and then got to come for the next 30 minutes instead of having it answered, I'd consider that a win. You know what? That's fair. Ah, uh, there's something satisfying about being the giver. Honestly, between you and her... I would even say that making the two of you come is more fun than getting to come myself. I will selfishly remember that. Please do. Anyways, I have to admit, I was pretty curious myself. So, what were you thinking about? Just what to do next. I'm gonna go place that altar I got down and use it to summon the Watcher again. I want to find out if the boss still has a, uh, soul? Or sentience? Basically, I want to find out if I can farm it without feeling like a horrible person by making something that doesn't want to fight die over and over again. As long as it feels like there's no soul in there anymore, and like I'm not forcing it to do something it doesn't want to do, then I can farm it. And by farming it, I can complete the armor set. And that'll save me from having to worry about upgrading my armor for a couple of bosses. It would still be smart to upgrade when possible, but the Watcher's armor set will give me enough defense to last for... Eh, the next couple of bosses, at least. I noticed that Guide began grumbling more and more while I talked. Something wrong? You're supposed to be relaxing, and fighting bosses is dangerous. I already defeated it once, and defeating it again will be even easier. But it's still dangerous. What if you make a mistake? Then I'll get hurt and you'll have to nurse me back to health. 
guide looked like a light bulb popped up over her head. Maybe you should let yourself get hurt a couple of times then. I narrowed my eyes at her. I thought you wanted me to be safe. What can I say? I'm selfish. You're allowed to get hurt as long as you survive and as long as I get to spoil you while you recover. To put Guide's words to the test, I very, very gently smacked myself on my cheek. It was probably as gentle as a playful smack could be. Oh no, I'm hurt. I need to be spoiled. Guide flashed me a grin before pulling me close and pressing her lips right against where I hit myself. I thought that all I was going to get was a kiss, but then I felt her leave a trail of kisses starting from my cheek, leading down to my neck. She had me squirming and letting out embarrassing noises just like Ninja before long. Though, before I became just as incapacitated as Ninja, Guide pulled away and looked me in the eyes to ask, Feeling better? I... I think I might have to hurt myself a couple dozen more times. I might have to get hurt around my crotch next, I answered. I expected something flirty or seductive from Guide, but instead, she began laughing. She laughed hard, too. I never heard her laugh so hard before. Did, did, did I say something funny? I asked. Guide waved her hands at me and said, It's just... <laughs> It's just, when you said that, since you said you were going to fight a boss, it, it made me imagine you fighting the boss by jumping through the air and swinging your dick at it. <laughs> He's already big enough to use like a weapon, too. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't think I can kill a boss by smacking it to death with my dick. Also, that'd be weird. <laughs> uh, but it's still a hilarious thought. Sorry, I... I don't even know how I could think of something like that. For as cool as you are, I didn't think you'd have a perverted kid's sense of humor. Guide grabbed me by my chin and looked me straight in the eyes again. Then should I remind you of just how cool I am? Is it really reminding me if I've never forgotten? Next episode of Uncharted Territory. An unexpected encounter after a fiery boss battle. Who's the mysterious stranger in white and what secrets do they hold? Stay tuned. <laughs>